Psalm 103. We're going to read the whole psalm, and I'm going to ask your help for uh, two different parts of it. Let's read the first six verses together as to start, okay? Together now. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. And now listen uh, for the next section. I'll read this myself. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. And then could we read the rest to the end together again? But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, our theme this morning, if you saw it in the bulletin, you see it up front here, our theme this morning is thanksgiving as the centerpiece of the Christian life. Thanksgiving as the centerpiece of the Christian life. At wedding receptions, you'll find centerpieces on the tables, right? The grooms usually don't care too much about them, but the bride puts a lot of thought into these things, the centerpieces. They could be flowers or candles or bowls filled with water and stuff is floating in the water or there are stones and marbles at the, at the bottom. And it's, it's beautiful. The idea of a centerpiece is to center a table or a room. It's to create something beautiful that people's eyes are drawn to. You talk about the centerpiece of a table. You can also talk about the centerpiece of a concert or a centerpiece of some other event. And that refers to an outstanding feature of that event or that concert. What would be, what would be the outstanding feature of your life if people were to look at it? 
what would stand out the most in your own heart, in, in your own thinking and working towards things? Maybe your home, your clothes, I suppose your hair could be an option. You could spend a lot of time on that. Your diplomas, your career, how well your children are performing in life. All sorts of things could be a person's centerpiece. For the Christian, for a believer, I would make the case that thanksgiving is the centerpiece of our lives. Thanksgiving is your center. And on this Thanksgiving Day, Psalm 103 shows us that. Thanksgiving is the centerpiece of the Christian life. Why? I'm going to take you through this psalm and show you why. First, because God has powerfully provided for you in the past. Thanksgiving is the centerpiece of the Christian's life because God has powerfully provided for you in the past. If you look at verse 2, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget all his blessings. Forget not all his benefits. Verse 7 and after that describe all that God has done. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. And then the verses go on. He's compassionate. He's gracious. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He has removed our transgressions from us. All of that was very true for the people in Old Testament times when Psalm 103 was first written. But how much more is this truth and are these verses true for us today, this side of the cross in Jesus? We can see so much more clearly and so much more beautifully how God has provided for us in the past. Ephesians 1 tells us that God elected you before the foundations of the world were established. Talk about caring for you. Talk about God providing for you. We were in God's mind. We were in God's heart before he created the world. Talk about reason today for thanksgiving and for praise The entire creation was put here for God's glory, and you are a very vital and special part of that. God has provided for you by making you a key part of the universe from the very beginning by choosing you to be his beloved child and to give him glory with your life, to give you an amazing purpose and reason for your existence. And then we learn from our perspective today as we're on this side of the cross and have the New Testament compared to Psalm 103, we learn that once the world was established, God worked through all of history for you, his child, for his people. From the Garden of Eden, the very beginning onward, though Adam and Eve fell and they brought sin into the world, God immediately, immediately made a promise that he would provide for his lost people. He promised he would defeat Satan and provide the solution for the ultimate problem that we have, that he would save us from sin and death and evil. And then 
When you go through the whole Old Testament, you find that the Lord worked that out through all of Old Testament history. He chose Abraham. He made for himself a people, the people of Israel in Old Testament times. His people would reject him. His people were disobedient, but he kept calling them back. He kept sending them all those books of the prophets in the Old Testament. He kept sending prophet after prophet to send them him his word and his promises and call his people back. They rejected God again and again. And we have to admit, and we know from our own hearts and our own day and our own perspective, we have to admit we're not really much better than they were. We've failed to follow God's ways time and again. We want to do our own thing. But then in the fullness of time, God sent Jesus, who obeyed and followed God in our place, so that today all who believe are saved. And then after Jesus died, he sent his Holy Spirit for you to give you new life, to give you joy and peace and assurance in your life, and to give you power to live and serve God and others. So when we read these verses, we see how God has powerfully provided for us in the past. What amazing reason for thanksgiving that you have today. Secondly, thanksgiving is the centerpiece of your life Because God is proactively present in every circumstance of your life. Listen to this. God is proactively present in every circumstance of your life today. I'm looking especially at verses 3 through 6. We were talking about what God has done in the past for you. Notice that these verses are all written in the present tense, not the past tense. This is talking about God's work in your life right now. And what these verses tell us and what all of scripture tells us is that God is proactively present in your life every moment, all the time, forever. And he's present in two ways, especially as we look at the Bible. He's present in the stars. He's present in the scars. Right now, today, you can thank God for the stars. And what I mean by that is you can thank him for the blessings in your life. The stars, the blessings. You can praise him for the great things in your life. We thank him for the food on our tables. We thank him for the roof over our heads. We thank him for our friends. We thank him for for warm beds at night. We thank him for our children. We thank him for our help. We thank him for our country. In other words, we thank God for the stars. You can thank him for the blessings because they're all from him. And we heard a lot of them this morning before our prayer. That's the easy part, really. That's really the not-so-difficult part, to thank him for the stars and the blessings, right? But we can also thank him, the Bible tells us, for the scars. We can also thank him for the scars, And you know what? And I know you know this. God's people have scars and experience that. We experience health, but also sickness. Times of prosperity, but also times of poverty. 
We have fruitful years in our life, but also lean years. We gather with loved ones around the Thanksgiving table, but not all of them are there with us anymore. And we miss them. And it hurts. It hurts very much. There was a believer in the Bible whose name was Job. And we read at the beginning of the book named after him that God allowed Satan to test this man. God allowed Satan to test Job. Job was a blessed man. We read he was wealthy. He loved and he served God with all his heart. The Bible says he was blameless and upright. He feared the Lord. He avoided evil. But then all at once, he was hit with hard times. He lost everything. And I mean literally everything. All ten of his children were killed in a freak accident. All of his hundreds of livestock, that's where his wealth was wrapped up in. All of his hundreds, if not thousands of livestock were carried off. His many servants were killed. And a little while after that, his own health was taken from him. We don't know exactly what sickness he had, but when you go through the book of Job, you read these were some of his symptoms. He had festering sores over his whole body. He had nightmares, he had scabs, he was badly disfigured, he had fever, he had pain day and night, he had boils, and on top of that, his wife did not stand by him. She laid into him, she did the opposite of standing by him. She said, are you really still going to worship God after all this? You need to curse God and die. But you know, Job didn't do that. He still praised God. He said, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Picture Thanksgiving Day at Job's house after all this happened. There was no more wealth. There were no children around that table. It was just him. And he was at death's door. And yet he still gave thanks. He knew that a believer can give thanks even for the scars and in the midst of the scars and the pain in life. As hard as that is, he knew, and he lived way back in Old Testament times, he knew the truth, this beautiful truth that Romans 8 lays out for us. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. He knew if God is for us, who can be against us? He knew and he lived in all things, all things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There was still thanksgiving at Job's house, even though it was only Job. It was just Job. But he still had his thanksgiving day. He really did. And there can be thanksgiving for you today, too. Did you know that? No matter what, no matter what, even if it's only you today, no matter what has gone on in this past year, no matter how hard it's been, and it's because God is proactively present in every circumstance of your life, 
And what he can bring you and what he does bring you is worth more than anything you could imagine in this world. Any treasure, it's worth more than your health, than your wealth, than anything else, than the things you treasure most. Do you know that this morning? That he is there? He's there in your loneliness? He's there in your grief? He's there in your trials? The ones that maybe it doesn't seem like anyone around you understands. He is there. Psalm 103 says, He forgives all your sins. He redeems your life from the pit. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. He's working out all things, the stars and the scars, for your good right now. And right this moment, he is here. He's here in our midst. He is in your life. He's involved in your life, every part. That's how great our God is. And that's why it's so awesome to be a Christian. And that's why we respond with thanksgiving and praise to him as the center, the very centerpiece of our life. Thanksgiving is the centerpiece of your life because of what God has done in the past, because of what he's doing right this moment, and because of what he will do in your future. God's precious promises guarantee unshakable security of your future. And we see that in verses 17 and 18 especially. God's perfect faithfulness that so many have experienced in the past, it's proof for his continuing faithfulness in the future. We want security in life. We want security ourselves for the future, for tomorrow, for 10 years from now. And, and we think about options out there, like investing in the stock market, and investing in housing, in land, in gold, and on and on. But you know as well as I do that none of it is ultimate security. None of it is guaranteed. But what is guaranteed is God's love and God's faithfulness. And it's guaranteed because it's backed by the blood of Jesus, his only son. There's nowhere else to turn for comfort and security. The promises of God are what you can bank on. That is a legacy to leave for your children and for your family. That will secure the future. It will secure the future of your children and your children's children forever and ever. There was once a man, a believer, who had two sons. One of them grew up to be a world-renowned surgeon. The other grew up to be a decorated military man. Both of these sons accomplished great things. People were impressed to hear about the professional career of these two sons when the father showed them the photos. But you want to know something very sad? Neither of these sons were walking with the Lord. Neither feared God, as verse 17 puts it. 
And I'll tell you, that father, that believing father, would much rather have had his sons working at the drive through at Burger King and walking with Jesus than having all that glory and prestige that came with their successful careers. Parents here, children, grandchildren, remember where your only comfort is, your only hope for a secure future. It's in Jesus. It's in following the Lord. It's in a life where thanksgiving is at the center, acknowledging, praising your creator all day long, all lifelong. That's where it's at. Your education, a good career, that's all fine and good. If God blesses you with that, wonderful. But that can't be your main goal. If you have Jesus, then you have everything you need. Literally, in Jesus, you have everything. If he gives you more beyond that, wonderful. But don't miss out on real success. The secret to success, the secret to security is when you put your life in God's hand, when you put your trust in the Lord, and when you live that kind of life with God's help, with God's strength, at the end of it all, when it's all said and done, through the stars, through the scars, a great Thanksgiving dinner is waiting for you in heaven. One that's going to make any feast we might have today look like nothing. There is a great banquet in heaven for all who put their trust in Jesus today. That's what I wanted to share with you today from God's word from Psalm 103. Thanksgiving is the centerpiece of your life because God has provided for you in the past because he is present in every single moment in your life today and because his promises guarantee unshakable security of your future. May that attitude of gratitude guide you your whole life long. May that attitude of gratitude guide you in every situation that presents itself. May it guide you in your marriage. May it guide you in your church. May it guide you in your dorm room. May it guide you in worship. May it guide you at work, at home, in the neighborhood. A centerpiece is something beautiful. A centerpiece is something beautiful. And gratitude, gratitude makes for a beautiful life, a beautiful person. At your Thanksgiving celebrations, if you're blessed to have one today, look at the centerpiece of the table. I'm pretty sure there'll be one. And be reminded of what your life is to be about. May Thanksgiving be the outstanding feature of your life today and always as a child of God. Amen.